0: Hey, everybody, it is episode two, week two, season two of their stories with Dustin Anderson. And I am so excited about this week's because we are taking a little bit of a different turn to a topic that you may not think about in terms of learning life and learning about journeys and learning about the identities. Well, today in the podcast studios, we have Joe Servo talking about, well, a different perspective of life and how he does it is sometimes beyond me. The one thing that sticks out about Joe is a quote that says, the important thing in life is not to have a good hand, but to play it well. And we're going to talk to him very shortly. Thanks for tuning in to learn about individuals in the world that we live in on Their Stories with Dustin Anderson. Exciting times today on Their Stories, episode two. We have a a different guest from last week, total different in terms of what we're gonna talk about. I think there's still the same type of message, same type of platform about passion, about life, a sense of purpose, even maybe a, a different connection to the world that we're really excited about. Joe is in the studios. Joe Servo, how are you today?
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate being here.
0: And you are, uh, you're calling from, it sounds like you're calling from your own type of studio.
1: I'm actually at the top of Mount Zion. I thought we're better to do an interview than with a great view.
0: It is a beautiful view. Yeah. Right. The good old, the good old Upper (laughs) Peninsula of Michigan, of course, that's a special spot in in both of our hearts. Oh yeah. And, and, And Joe, today we are going to we're going to talk about something that is 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 number one near and dear to your heart something that i don't know a lot about but i'm really really interested in talking about but first of all maybe give us a little background about uh who you are a little bit more about to you, uh, you know to start your story
1: all uh, right like so who i am now is um actually i am just um uh made a deal with a friend of mine to move into uh, moving back to minnesota renting out a room out of his house and uh, kind of in a way to to get my old job back of you know pre pre COVID of a of a full time professional poker and um, just really excited here I'm actually been packing up today getting all ready to move and um <clears throat> gonna go play for 11 days and you know come back to Michigan for five six days then you know the whole month I'm gonna be yeah I'm gonna be back back working again and uh yeah just like any other job but it's like you when you really love it though it's like I I missed it so much during COVID when everything was shut down so yeah here we go I'm ready
0: (laughs) all right well you're the youngest of four brothers and you said you were a gamer back in the day of the internet dial-up days I mean talk about nostalgic (laughs)
1: Oh, I was yeah. Yeah, what's crazy too is like rewind a little bit more to even like '94. We were like one of the first, um, you know, 5,000 people to get internet in the in the whole U.S. because it was only available to college, uh, to colleges back then. They're like, no, you can't get it. So uh, there were a couple like really old games within like when we first when when the, when the online games first started coming on. This is so uh, I actually just remember this now. It was this video game called Santa the Slayer it was like 1997. <laughs> it nice. was one on one game. We used to play it and it always freeze. But then, fast forward to, like, 98, 99, that's when um, Half-Life started coming out at Valve, or, or uh, before the Steam engine of, of gaming. And so I was in, like, you know, seventh, eighth grade then, and I would just get done with school. I'd literally throw my homework away, and I'd play games for 24 hours straight. <laughs> and you would eat, breathe, and sleep, huh? I would, yeah. Before it was cool. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. uh, Before being a a gamer was, you know, something that people would take pride in. (laughs) And, yeah, there'd be times, too, where I'd be be mid-match, and then, like, the game would freeze because my uncle would be calling. (laughs) You know, and I'd be like, I'd be like, stop calling, I'm in a game. (laughs) Really good times, then, and, uh... (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah d- innocent days in the in the good old days of 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 that type of gaming, where yeah, you have to worry about you know the the, the lines being tied up and and you you know couldn't go so long um, as we we can today with the way uh, the internet is.
1: Oh sure, and like back then too, there were some leaderboards, and I used to always play the categories of sniper, and I had this obsession where I had to be the number one sniper on the server. And the internet was so bad, you'd have to leave the shot <laughs> like, on, the, on the characters in the games. <laughs> and, well, yeah, that's kind of like where the competitiveness really fired off. That's really where it began.
0: So you were, let's just jump a little bit ahead, you were age 14 and, and your passion started to change and the guitar came into your life a little bit, right,
1: Joe? Yeah, that's right. January 7th, the day after my 14th birthday. I, uh, ordered a guitar on eBay, I'm a left-handed player, and there were, back then there were like literally three guitars to choose from on the internet for left-handed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you know if you search it, there are literally like thousands of lefties, all different prices. So, yeah. Man. So, I get the guitar. Chill. Oh, okay.
0: Go Um, go ahead,
1: Uh, I I love what you're talking about, so go ahead, keep going, keep going. So what's what's amazing, too, is I get the guitar, and at the time, I didn't even really listen to music. I was just fascinated with, like, how the fretboard, I want to know how everything fit together. And just playing, and my brother, my older brother played, and he showed me how to play a couple, like, you know, a couple theme songs. And I was just so fascinated by it, like, that's all I would do was play. And, um, you know, eventually I went on to taking lessons, but I mean, that, there was just this drive there, and it was just like, you know, the video game interest started to leave, and it was like, hey, and it's kind of like when you see changes in life, where you follow this passion for so long, and then it's like, this was like the first changeover. So quite a fun time that was.
0: So you're, you're thinking at this point, you have this guitar, you're, you're learning, you're, as you once said, uh, you eat, breathe and sleep guitar, but you were mm-hmm. playing so much, right? And, mm-hmm. and you started to develop carpal tunnel.
1: Oh yeah so a couple of years before that though like i met um i met my uh, guitar teacher at uh, jim burton and uh literally a life-changing experience when i was 15 it was 10 bucks for a half hour lesson and um he was talking about the you know the music theory you know the d major scale and he's talking about how to do the how to the steps in the scale and i thought he was crazy i'm like well this guy this guy is like talking nonsense so i actually quit taking lessons and I have the paper at home and I'm looking at it and I'm just like you know, trying to piece together this major scale, you know, there's like D, E, F sharp, the other thing with the sharps and flats in it. And I eventually get it, like a, like a couple months later. So I come back to him and he's like, wow, I never thought I'd see you again. He's like, I thought you quit. Oh. And it was that, yeah, I mean, I wanted to throw the paper away a couple months when I quit lessons. And <clears throat> And he, grew, he ended up being, you know, a major influence in my life of, um, you know, weekly guitar lessons, hour lessons every week for over 10 years, which um, led to, you know, and then by the time I was like 16, 17, I had the brochures from music school to McNally Smith in uh, downtown St. Paul uh, College of Music. So it was planned for me to go there. Like I wanted, that's like, that's all I wanted to do. And that's all I did was like practice guitar. Like I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't go, I didn't like drink or anything. I was just like so obsessed with it. And um, yeah, my friends would say, Hey, that's a good thing to, you know, to have your mind on rather than whatever every other teenager was doing. That is that is
0: commendable. I think it's important to be able to number one follow some sort of passion in your life, in which you did, and you had a great mentor. It seemed like that was uh, uh, such an influence in terms of developing right your yeah. your love, your continued love for music, and so. Mm-hmm. But as you said in your in your story that you told me prior to being on the air here right your Mm -hmm. heart was into the music school but again you did not have the tools right yeah
1: it was it was a really i kind of saw it leading up to the years of school where i'd be playing and like i just get these you know i'm I'm a left-handed player so you use your your fretboard on your right hand and i just get these shooting pains Mm -hmm. from my pinky and ring finger all the way all the way up to my elbow and, yeah, so it was like, and it's a bit, you know, if you're going to be a professional musician, you know, you need to, you need to be, like, holding the, you know, different chords and everything for, like, eight hours a day, sometimes more. And, um, <clears throat> and like, I had the heart, I had the, you know, education, but I just couldn't, I literally couldn't play. Um, so I do my first semester there. And um, by the time, you know, December rolls around and I get to go back home for Christmas, <clears throat> I'm in so much pain, like I don't pick up the guitar until, you know, the semester starts again. And there was actually a big turning point then too where I was like a, a certification of it where I uh, I got failed in this one class of like live performance song. Where we had to, before we had to play on stage, and, and the play on stage and this teacher straight up failed me and I remember I was um, going for a car wash when he called I'm sitting in the back of this car wash place and he's like telling me no you're gonna have to take this class all over again you don't have it and I was like after all these years I spent practicing you know and it's like this is like I'm like I'm I was like I'm done with guitar like I'm done being a professional musician It's just you know really a hard moment in um Really, really took it to heart, and then that's when I—that's when I got my uh, <clears throat> my first year in music school. I didn't have a car, so that's when I got my car and started going to the casino every night.
0: Uh, see now, of course, you have this moment in your life, right, and you are, you know, you're kind of at a, at a crossroads, you're frustrated, you're, you're questioning things, and then now you start to open up this brand new view, right, this new way of, uh, of looking at life, and that is yeah. playing yeah. a game. And tell us more about that. So it was, you know, Joe, again, we're talking with Joe right now, Joe Servo, their stories podcast with Dustin Anderson. And Joe, can I bring up the family video thing, 2006?
1: Oh yeah, that's a good good story. And
0: you were in there, right? And maybe this is where it started. You were trying to rent bass fishing on Xbox and and Kyle, Kyle Kangas, name drop, insisted (laughs) that you rent poker for Xbox. And that's yes, where yeah. the the birth of poker started.
1: And there was a bit of debate then too, where I'm like, Hey, I so don't tell know how us how more about that. I'm like, I don't know how to play poker, and I'm like, I want, I'm like, I want to, I'm like, I want to go fishing, because we were planning out to go, you know, uh, one, of those, <laughs> one of those classic nights where you go out in uh, early Wisconsin for drinks, and this was the pregame party. <laughs> okay, so he talks me into renting poker. I'm like, All right, fine. I was like, Okay, I'll I'll play this game. <clears throat> so it was, you know. The, so it was um, online and we're playing and we get dealt the cards like a seven and a two and we just go all in because it's play money. And then we beat, we win the hand and like it's all you know animated and the player stands up and there's like all this like cool stuff and they push you this pile of chips and I'm like oh my god this is so cool like this is a game where you can like make, make good choices and and, uh, win, and um, yeah and win money. This is as where you know this is back in our you know early or my early 20s where, yeah, the drinks were flowing. It was a good time. And then uh, after that, that's kind of like where I started getting, that was like day one of being introduced to poker. It was 2006.
0: Man, and and then, Joe, you're thinking... Like Doyle Brunson once said, poker is a hard way to make an easy living, and he uh, obviously that's stuff like right. that maybe might resonate with you, right? And that's oh, yeah. where it all started that that Xbox game, and now you know we could fast forward into the fall of 2010, right? You got a car, you're in the mm-hmm. cities, you're driving to poker games every chance uh-huh. you get. This is a new uh, a passion of yours, right? Is, and so yeah. maybe tell us about what was your first most intimidating uh, point that you maybe played against somebody or your oh, first match.
1: Yeah, definitely moving up in stakes. But slightly before that, where I said, like, go to the casino every night, it kind of started where um, after that, you know, January where I told you where that teacher failed me, when we start the next semester, I actually started playing online literally for pennies. So you buy in for a dollar or two and play and I remember and I remember just being happy just like playing this game and like and I knew, you know I'm not playing big enough to like make any kind of real money but I was just having fun and I remember this this one girl from music, from music school this girl Rachel and like she calls me while I'm playing and she's like that's stupid why don't you spend your time on music and I'm like I can't do it and um, she was trying to tell me not to play and I thought hey this is nonsense I'm I'm doing what I want to do you know I'm this is this is what this is it you know And because people Most people don't see your vision Of this Right you know, but I knew I had a future in this business.
0: And you know, and that is commendable. Yeah. That is commendable, uh, Jill, because not many people would maybe be able to hear that and really uh, come out and, and understand that. And I think that's the whole point of, of trying to tell someone's story and talk with them about it. Because uh, whether they wanna be a, um, a construction worker, or they wanna be a teacher, guess what? You now found something that you could say, you could say hey, listen, I, I can make a living with this. And, but but the thing is, it's a, it's a it's a it's a dedication. It's hard work, right, Joe? Oh, it is, yeah. Oh, definitely. And so, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So then, so going on then, when I when I you know after I get some uh, some practice playing online, I have my car and I realize, hey, I can go to the casino and I can play these games where I buy them for like fifty or what's like, for like you know fifty or sixty dollars, and it's uh, you know the right. max bet is four dollars. And so I'd go and play these games, you know, three, four nights a week, and then I'd play the $6 game, and were you buying it for like 80 or or $100? And I had about $1,000 to start with. So wow. every night, I'd win or lose, win or lose about $50, $60, and I'd just I'd write it down on this envelope I had on my desk, and I was just so inspired by, by this, you know, i tally it up at the end of the month, and I, I'd I always see the envelope, you know, getting bigger. And... And I'm like, God, this is. I'm like, this is, this is it right here. I'm like, this is, this is the poker dream, <laughs> you know. And this is during the poker boom too, you know, and like everything was like, the game was like way popular, way more popular than two. Um, <clears throat> yes, yeah, so like that's where, that's where it started progressing bigger and like started develop bankroll. And this is before I knew anybody in poker too. I had zero poker friends. Oh. Ah. Going, going on this point. <clears throat>
0: Well, Joe, in my research of of poker, like I said, I don't know a lot about poker. And of course, that's the reason why I'm asking you questions. Mm -hmm. I've asked you enough questions. I've heard enough stories, you know, from you where I I know a little bit about it. But you always mentioned the bankroll, right? And Mm -hmm. in in my preparation of speaking with you, one of the questions um, that my research said to ask a poker player as such as yourself. And they said, well, ask them about their successful ways of managing their bankrolls. And it seems like you started to understand how to successfully manage your bankrolls.
1: Yeah, yeah, I actually got kind of lucky in that part two of like not being risk adverse. And like, I'm not one that like would gamble. Like I only play poker. Like I don't like play slot machines or bet on races or you know or any kind of gambling i just play poker and <clears throat> whenever i play i'd always make sure i have like you know 20 to over 20 buy-ins for the stake i'm playing so if i so okay. it's like a, so like a fail safe so when i so i'm in the six dollar games you know and i run it up to you know over a couple thousand and i'm like all right now i'm going to go to the to the 12 dollar game to 12 dollar betting no, so we're playing limit poker so that's the most you can bet And I'd go through patches, too, where this is, now we're talking, like, 2011, 2012 era. And, you know, I'd have some good months, and then, like, I would, I would, uh, yeah, then I'd run bad, and I would just, you know, lose a lot of it back, and then I'd be back in the $6 game. And this was at Treasure Island out in, out in, uh, in Minnesota. And the games were so good back then. Like I didn't know much about poker, but the games were that good. Where I knew a few things and I knew how to win. You know, so this is this is where Canterbury Park comes into play in in uh, Shakopee. So that's where I was playing that twelve dollar game. So I'd go and play there. And then when I would you know run kind of bad or like I wouldn't be able to beat the game, I'd go back to Treasure Island because they'd have these promos where when you play after midnight, they come around every hour and pay you $10 in cash from oh. midnight to 4 a.m. And, like, to me, like, I'm like, oh, my God, I get to play a game I love that I'm beating, and they pay you? Like, what a deal that was. Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> That's That has to be somewhat uh, not surprising, but um, really uh, happy to your bankroll, your mind, uh, your smiles, everything around you. You're saying, hey, this is, oh, yeah. uh, this, is, uh, <laughs> this is exciting. So you talked about the slots and not doing uh, betting on racing. I mean, that seems pretty amateur now to you, uh, now mm-hmm. where you're at right now, which is which is uh, kind of funny to hear, but at the same time, much respect because, uh, you know, you're trying to stay focused. And you've talked a lot about, about studying the game, right, and consistently yeah. researching mm-hmm. and how to be better. And, and, and I wouldn't think that somebody in the game of poker, you know, they just go and play, they go and do their own thing. But you are constantly, even through the COVID times, you, mm-hmm. were, you were sitting back and you were researching. You were trying to be better at the game.
1: Oh, definitely. I was actually kind of lucky when the COVID era hit, too, of, like, I had these plans where, so I play cash game poker. And then, so that's one form. And the other form is tournament poker, where you pay an entry fee. So you pay, like, $100, and there are, you know, 100 players in the tournament. And you know the top, and the the player that finishes in first place wins like 23% of the prize pool. And Then you know it goes down, so it's kind of like a horse race, a tournament burger. Sure. And I always wanted to like get into that. I knew a few things about it, but it's like I didn't do too much about it because I didn't have the time. But like pre-pandemic, I had these. I bought I bought an electric uh, stand-up desk for my apartment, and I bought one for when I come home to Michigan to visit uh, family. So I had the I had this desk set up. I had the you know the computer stuff and like, f- which is you know being a live poker player, it's like I I wanted to venture into these new games, but honestly, I needed like a year of study time to do this. Oh. You know, and where are you gonna find a year of downtime? Then like yeah, then this last year.
0: So it was almost like a blessing in disguise, Joe.
1: It was, yeah. And um, I also got to work on this other game, too, called uh, Pot Limit Omaha, where you get dealt four cards. And that game is really booming around the country. And um, one of my one of my best friends uh, has played the game for a living for, like, 15 years. So whenever I come across a question, I just send them a screenshot of the hands. I'm like, hey, what do you think of this? And... This is another blessing of mine is like, being able to take constructive criticism well and being able to admit these mistakes you make in the games um, is what makes me, you know, be able to grow as a player consistently.
0: And the thing is, you know, it, it, that's that's really commendable that you would even connect that, I think, to talking about this game, this, this poker game. Somebody could say, well, he's just doing this for fun. This is just a fun little hobby. But, you know, if you're listening to this story right now, this is, this is his life. And he's taking lessons from life and promoting it to other people. You talked about constructive criticism. Many people probably cannot or have a hard time with constructive criticism. You're being vulnerable right now, and you're admitting to it that, hey, this is important. I I make mistakes and I'm ready to learn from them as well. So much respect to that, Joe.
1: Absolutely. Hey, thank you. And then the other part I'm grateful for is like, the, the um, friends I gravitated towards during during the pandemic, during my year of study time, <clears throat> where I'm on Twitter, it's like la- last April, it's like April, 2020. And I see um, this, this uh, guy, Gerald Cuniff, he's a retired surgeon. He posted something about a tournament on this America's Cardroom site. So I sent Jerry a message and I'm like, hey, that looks like a fun tournament something. And I've known Jerry for years. Like we played for cash games together for, we played the, like the biggest games in Minnesota for years. And he's, you know, playing this like $30 tournament. I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. Um, tell me more about it. And then we hit it off as becoming, you know, like best friends during the um, during the pandemic. And he introduces me to this like, this, this uh, poker this uh, poker tracker software where you can track every hand. And we sign up for gets me sign up for these training sites. And then we, we end up doing uh, Zoom calls for two two to three hours a day, a couple times a week, and we review every single hand from the tournaments we play. Wow. And and like one thing Jerry told me, he's like, he's like, hey, he's like, I'm not, he's like, I'm not naturally gifted, but he's like, but he's like, I know how to study. He's like, he's like, I was a surgeon. He's like, I made it to the top. And I said, absolutely. I'm like, this is like, you know, he knows how to, he knows how to study and how to solve these problems. And there'd be so many times too, where, you know, I'd play, so during the pandemic, I'd just get up and play tournaments like all day. And then there'd be study day with Jerry. And uh, it's just amazing to see like, you know, his, his mind is brilliant in these spots and then like I, so we go over these hands and I'm talking, so he's like, hey, here's this thing and, I, and uh, then during the hand I'll change the thing, like well, what if this player does this, how are we going to react to this? And um, so he's like, oh, so we develop all this strategy and you know, just, because um, who has time to, you know, go over every nuance of the game? of right. any tournament level. <clears throat> um, so then then going forward too, this is actually quite an interesting story. So Jerry is playing this. See, Jer- Jerry plays like really high stakes sometimes too. So he's playing a $2,600 tournament called Venom. That's the buy-in for it. Just a massive buy-in. So he uh, finishes day one as the chip leader. And it's like three quarters of a million dollars for first. <clears throat> so, the next, so that day, I'm like, Jerry, I can't believe you're chip leader in this, this big event with like life-changing money up top. So he's like, hey, he's like, you want to study before the, before the game starts tomorrow because it's a three-day tournament. And I said, absolutely, let me set my alarm. So I, you know, I get up an hour and a half early and we, you know, load up Poker Tracker and we're going over hands of the tournament and I'm just quizzing Jerry in all these spots. What do we do here? What if this player has this many bets left? What do we go all in? Do we fold? Like, and we're just, and easily answering these questions because, you know, getting your brain firing before you go in to play these guys. You know, and so he goes in for day two And bam, he comes, He finishes day two He's like top three in chips You know, and there's like There are like 40 players left so I'm like, this is a real possibility For you to win this thing He's like, same game plan tomorrow I'm like, you got it Set my alarm Literally I felt like, you know, like in the Rocky movies You're like hitting the bag and like retraining and like, <laughs> It is like, you know, it is like the coolest time And I'm like, I'm having the time of my life Like reviewing for this, like watching every Because I have the table open I'm watching every hand he's playing And, um where, where am I going with? But um, yeah, so he gets in the spot. So, so there's 13 players left in the tournament. He gets in this really big pot where this player puts, puts them all in for all his chips. And I'm watching the handout. And after Jerry told me he had two pair on his hand, he has kings and nines. And there were a lot of cards that could beat him. Like if someone had three of a kind, like three of a kind is a bigger hand than two pair. And there are like a, and there's also someone could have a straight, which would be you know, both of them which would be two pair and, and which would be three of a kind. So a straight would be the best hand someone could have. So Jerry's got two pair, which is like the third ranking on his hand. And this guy goes all in on him. And it's just like it's just like a cold feeling when you you know, it's like <laughs> right. it's a spot where it's like because if he busts if he makes the call, matches the bet and loses He's out for like, he's out of the tournament, but he still wins like, twenty-three thousand somewhere around there, which is a great payday. But like, so he's using his time bank and he's thinking about it, and I'm like, God, what could he have like during the, <clears throat> during the tournaments, you know? Because I'm I'm just watching as a, it's like I'm watching as an independent bystander on it, and so he ends up deciding on a fold in the spot because he has he thinks, you know, I'm gonna you know conserve my chips. I have sixty blinds left, and. And in the moment, I'm like, in the moment, I'm like, I'm thinking, we talked about it after, I was like, hey, I think that was, you know, that was okay. But then like, as the months go by, as we talk about it, and it made me realize, like, what a, Maybe this is some type of life lesson here where I know someday I'm going to be in that big tournament spot playing for life-changing money, and I'm going to be put to the test right here. And it's, it's a close decision. And this tells me one thing. It's like, when you get in that spot, you go for it. You make that call. You know, it's wow. scary as hell. It's so terrifying to be in that kind of a pressure spot. It's really rare. There's only I'm talking like five times in a poker player's career will you have a decision like that. He you felt know, so. What an intense tournament that was. And so he ends up finishing in uh, 13th place for uh, 54,000. Wow. Isn't that like what a score? Biggest ball <laughs> of life.
0: Yes. You know, the thing is, too, the beauty of a story is learning about the characters in the story. And of course, we just learned with, with Joe's connection to Jerry, I mean, the surgeon, you're learning from a surgeon, right? I uh-huh. mean, you're looking back and saying, I think I, I, I took a lot from this, this you know, highly respective individual in society, right? And, mm-hmm. and you're making this, this new connection. And I think that's the beauty. I mean, you are, are, are gaining a, a beautiful perspective to your game, your craft. Mm-hmm. And, and and that is commendable. I mean you're telling me this story, Joe, and I'm sitting back just sipping my coffee and listening. That's the whole point of a story. Absolutely. Is just to be able to nicely follow along and, and really smile smile and and, and, and enjoy. Mm-hmm. So that was that was fun. So Jerry, do you we, still keep in touch with Jerry?
1: Oh yeah. We talk every week and um he's been busy with uh like found fam- some family stuff going on, but we plan on hitting the reviews hard after in, in August for sure. Starting back with it, because he was talking oh, man, about too no. how important it is that we continue our study. And yeah, so I totally agree. And so on to the next next point um uh, during the during the year of downtime was um so this 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 goes back to a uh, shout out to uh Kyle Kangas again. This goes back oh, to like, 20- twenty a- drop. <laughs> a- drop. So, like twenty eighteen we go to this this comedy show in Eau Claire this Brad Williams comedy show and you know we're, we're all having drinks, and it's a good show and we're leaving this, we're leaving it and we're, and we're, we're like oh let's get a picture with the comedian so we're in line and and the, the uh, girl behind us takes a like hey could you take a picture of the comedian with us, she's like sure and for whatever reason the um, it wouldn't send over messaging so she's like oh just send it over Facebook and so this girl is was a is a therapist, and um, oh, yeah. so I didn't talk to her much at all until like you know until last year. So we end up like talking about this stuff, and it's really it's so interesting to hear the perspectives on on life and all these things, and like how to like how to manage these spots and like how to like get back to live poker. Like how do you? like how do you deal with these people and like it's just so interesting now when I look at these people I can you know just diagnose their personalities and just like figure out what they're about and like how you want to like approach them even um, like there were some people that were like kind of rude to me at the card rooms and I'm like how do I you know how do I approach them differently now to where you know they're more respectable right about this and um, she yeah really really great friend and really brought a lot of good chats on bringing perspective into the whole yeah into the whole like psychology of of people you know i mean she does this for a living and really fortunate to you know to land these types of great friends
0: you know that's the beauty of it joe i think i think that's so cool you know i am a I am a psychology guy myself you know i my my background is a master's in psychology and so you're talking about somebody like her and and talking about the, the life behind Poker. I mean, really, you could probably create a chapter on uh, the psychology of poker and really dive deep in more to the game itself. You know what I mean? I think that's oh, the, that's sure. the beauty of it. And yeah. so we talked about you talked about Jerry and his big winning. Now, now you yourself had a big winning in your life uh, too. In January of 2016, you said you oh, matched good. five out of six numbers on the Powerball. And and Joe, how much did you win? Fifty thousand. Fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh come on! I so, mean that's that's pretty cool.
1: Well, there's a little more to the story too, where, um, okay. you know, um, I was uh, so I drive back to Michigan that night to go to meet my friends, and um, so I buy fifty dollars worth of Powerballs because it's on the newest biggest lottery of all time. So I'm driving back to my house. I literally pull over and I'm sitting there. I'm looking at the tickets and I'm like, you know what? You gotta go get $50 more, which I never gamble. You know, which is Ooh. so weird. <laughs> so I'm gonna here. So I'm gonna spend $100 on Powerballs. So I turn back. I go to the gas station and then I get like shamed by the guy working there. He's like, "Weren't you just here buying tickets?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah. So we go back. We go back, we forget, you know, and, and we're having fun. It's like my friend, it's, um, a couple of my friends there, um, just, just the three of us. So 1130 goes by and we're like, hey, let's check the, um, let's check the Paramount numbers. So we're, we're listening, I'm just random. I'm like, hey, I'll give you guys 13% of whatever I win because I'd be more than happy to. Mm-hmm. So my friend Grace <laughs> is looking over the tickets and she's like, she's like, you matched um, every, what's that? She's like, so there are five numbers in the Powerball, I think, because I haven't played the Powerball in a long time. I think it's, yeah. So I matched four out of the five numbers and the Powerball. So four of the five white numbers and that. So I missed the billion dollars by, like, three digits on it. And so Grace is like, oh, you matched everything but one here, and I thought she was like, you know, i was like, this can't be real. And in the moment, we thought it was a million dollars, because every other state... Um the prizes are distributed differently. Right. The five white numbers without the power ball is worth a million. So here we are thinking we want a million. Well like fifty thousand is still awesome, but we thought like we won a million dollars for like you know, ten minutes. Um <laughs>
0: Talking about the excitement you all had,
1: and knowing that your friends were saying, "Hey, thirteen percent! I mean, come on!" (laughs) Yeah, and then yeah, you know, uh, paid the tax on it, and then like literally the best part of that was like you know, giving away thirteen percent to each of my friends. You know, like that was like they were so happy. Like, isn't that crazy? Like that that the best feeling of it it, exactly.
0: it is and, and and i respect that the way that's what you're you're thinking about with this you're you're not talking about man i took this money and i and i went over here and did this it's like hey listen i i made a promise to my friends and this is what i did and i followed through on it that's that's commendable that's respectful uh and and i appreciate mm-hmm. hearing that that story a part of that So
1: yeah, for sure yeah because i was you know i had several drinks in. i was like you guys you have my word you know that <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> So, Joe, let me, let me just, uh, I, I'm a big man of quotes. I love quotes. I, I, I like to take quotes, okay. and I like to go beyond them and, and to see what their purpose is and to see, and, and I just was going through some uh, quotes uh, from people in the game of poker, Okay. and and one person once said, uh, Stu, uh, uh, um, I, I don't even know his last name. I don't want to oh, butcher it, but he said, yeah. Fold... Stu Unger And he said There we go I couldn't read my writing there uh, Unfortunately But he said Fold and live to fold again So obviously you know Stu Right? And you know of him um, What does it mean to you when, when when, you fold And you live to fold again?
1: Wow You must be I've actually never heard That quote before Oh um, Yeah well, so you. Fold and live to fold again um, I would say It must mean like Patience and resilience In the game And like keeping it together uh, mentally and not falling not falling victim to um, self pity and variance and like stuff doesn't go your way in the game and um you don't want to like you know play too play two bad cards just because like you see other people doing it and winning you know because they're gambling um, so it's part of that and that's a big thing too I was actually just talking with a Friend of mine last night actually was talking about how you know poker's booming and these gamblers that show up to the game like they play good for like an hour or two, like they just play good cards, they play well, they take a couple they take a couple beats in the game, the wheels fall off like they're playing every hand, like and then they you know they can't help themselves, and um, you know that must have been what Stewie was going after, of saying that is like hey don't be like these guys, because I can imagine poker back in his era must have been like the players are way better now than they were back in his time, back in his uh you know, era of the game which we're looking at, what are we are looking at? 80s, 90s? Yeah, we're looking at that era.
0: Wow, so. yeah. And you talked about, Joe, you talked about uh, bad beats, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, in my research of poker, it talked about, you know, asking the question of how do you control, you know, your bad beats? How do you control mm-hmm. um, in, in those situations?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the, the best way, if possible, I was actually, shout out to my buddy Popcorn. I just had a good chat with him last night. We were talking about this specifically. During, uh, yeah, so I was just talking about, yeah, where the say some gambler beats you. Literally, like, my reaction is like, I just kind of laugh, and I'm like, Oh, nice hand, like they have a jack and a three, not like in a sarcastic way. I'm like, right. Ah, I didn't see the three coming, and then, um, you know, because I'd never say something, you know, rude to the player because it's like, like, that's what I'm there playing for is, you know, you want them to play the jack and the three, and you just kind of like, it's kind of crazy, you get kind of numb to that after after, like, years of, of these of like these runouts, because it's kind of, like, uh, like if when I'm in a game and I look down, to so I get, like, a pair of kings, which is, like, a really good hand. And I look around, and I'm like, well, there are four players of us, four players that are going to see the first three cards on the flop. And I prepare myself, I'm like, well, you're probably going to lose this, like, I don't know, 30% of the time. You're okay. going to lose the hand. So if you're prepared for that, and you're just going to, like, play, no matter what the outcome is, you're just going to play your hand the best you can. And um, be okay with the results.
0: Right. That's a good perspective and a good mindset. I think it's all about the mindset. And it seems like, you know, talking throughout your story. Uh, today, you have such a great mindset, and 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 I think that's so important with with uh, developing uh, your rhythm to life, and that's and that's the whole point of of talking about someone's story is to see what's the rhythm. Uh, some days the rhythm is kind of flat, and maybe one day the rhythm is is such a at a beautiful moment, and I think that is pretty cool. So let's jump ahead now. You talked about connections. You talked about. Uh, meeting lots of people but there was a time when you met some really good or some friends excuse me and they helped you with the game but they did not have the best intentions
1: with you all right yeah so it's kind of crazy how these things come in perspective where you meet because you meet so many all walks of life at the poker table this this is like you know twenty yeah 2016 around then and you know i just had that lottery win and you know of course everyone hears that they think like oh you have this money but literally it was just some money in an account that i never you know it wasn't i wasn't like using it or anything um plus i gave away a lot (laughs) of it right but um so yeah it's kind of like they'd help you with your game but then like i remember i remember like running how do i how do i say this It's like sure they they had good advice everything but even like they would say oh play just play your four-hour session then um you know then like go and go to the gym like how can this be bad advice in a way (laughs) you know how can this be bad well when the game is really good and there's there's gamblers in it like and there's action like and you're the professional like you don't ever want to leave this game you know unless you're unless you're like passing out tired like this is where you make your money and then um it started getting kind of kind of bad too where this one of my friends started asking for for money for some kind of like trading thing of like oh it's like foreign currency trading and he's like oh i'll give you like this much percentage back in six months if you give me ten thousand dollars it's like absolutely not (laughs) you know See how that's like these people like they can trick you into these spots, yeah. and then like they'll be out, and the other other friends would be like asking for loans, and like and part of and well, at the time I you know I I gave in. I was like yeah sure here's uh, you know a couple thousand for this, and I ended up getting paid back. But like to be able to chase that money down, like be bag- begging for it back, and say hey you're gonna pay me back this and like so whenever anyone asks for that now, my response is like hey I'm not a bank. You know, Amen. It's not my, yeah, it's not my responsibility to do that. Uh, then there were other times, too, where I remember being out in Vegas that year, and I'm playing at the Bellagio, and I'm playing, you know, a same I'm playing like same stakes as Minnesota, maybe a little higher, and I get, I get down like, like $10,000 in, in like three days, which it sounds like a lot, but it's like 10, which would be, you know, it's like three and a half buy-ins at this, at this uh, $80 betting game. And, you know, I'm not feeling it, like, um, you know, mental game's kind of weak, and I'm, like, running bad. And there's times where you got to, like, push it, and there's times where you got to, like, step down to the next level. If I sit th- So if I sit down at the lo- next lower level, the $40 game, like, my mental game would be fixed, I'd be playing fine. And my friend's like, no, you got to get in there and play. So I go back and play, and, you know, of course I get clobbered again. And I end up, like, calling the trip, I'm like, I just can't handle this, you know, I'm getting too upset. Um, where and, and he was like pushing me because he wanted to see the bankroll get destroyed is what you can really see he had bad intentions on wow. this and then like I remember other times too where if you're having like a bad month or whatever like you don't win every month and like I remember having a good day where I went like I don't remember what I won but um, he says his comment to me was like oh that should get you through the next few weeks oh Rather than being like, "Hey, you're, you can do this," you know, like, you're, "What are you, so you going to just, just playing to be this like straggler?" See, this guy was a, had a gambling problem, and he was jealous of me of how I could control myself. So just seeing that, and just like, you know, you got to block these people on all forms of social media, just like, so they can't contact you. <laughs> you right. Know? It's tough to move on. He was this guy was my best friend. Oh but man. That's, that's okay tough. though. You know, yeah, you got to move on
0: and that's a great mindset again we go back to mindsets we go back to your story it seems like you've had a lot of you know uh challenging pieces but you've also led to some really uh wonderful outcomes at at the end of the day i mean you have such a great perspective i mean i was talking to somebody last week on my podcast about their life and what Mm -hmm. they've challenged been uh what their challenges have been but now you have um you know you've have these gifts and you have these talents and then within that you find uh, great connections great people that you have uh, and Mm -hmm. it seems like yeah you're going to find those bumps right you're going to find those Mm -hmm. people that are going to be the bumps in your road we know that Mm -hmm. Uh, but it seems like you can uh, you can take the uh, (laughs) you can take the world by the horns and say
1: I got this don't worry totally can I got this yeah then there is so go ahead Joe go ahead this Uh, is your story man oh yeah yeah, but then like so like getting up every day So like my favorite game of the, of the to always play was in the morning actually, you know, we get up at like 8.30, 9 o'clock be in the game This is in Shakopee by Canterbury be in the game by you know 10 a.m. If you're not there by 10 like you get you get the game fills up and you have to wait till like 3 or 4 till the guys leave to get a spy and like this was this is like where I've had the most like fun and like interactions with players and um, just the best overall great game quality lots of action and there's like characters in the game we have like like Matt like Magic, DQ, Dan uh, uh, um, um, and you know Gorgeous Mike and like all these types of players or oh, everyone has board names like I'm, I'm Servonius and um, yeah so it was just like lots of really good times playing there in the mornings and What's funny, too, is like you play these games, like I'll play this game for a few months and I'll get burned out on playing it. Then I'll be like, oh, I'm going to play the night game after that, where I start at, you know, start at about 530 and go till about 3, 4 in the morning. Man. But, yeah, (laughs) always, always changing up because if you do the same thing forever, you know, you're going to get burned out, like the same schedule.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I mean, that, like anybody. I mean, it, I think there is a there's a burnout rate for for any profession, right? And to change it up a little bit, it seems like you you have a handle on that. You know that at one point, hey, you know, early bird catches the worm. But at the same time, you know, other other birds are coming in and catching the same worm. So, oh, yeah, you then change it up and you go to something different, and that that's pretty cool to to, to know. And, and your uh,
1: intentions
0: uh, behind it as well.
1: hmm Yeah, and just like being able to change it up, like. When I, I like to come back to Michigan because there's um, poker, um, like Poker Stars was shut down like 10 years ago, we call it Black Friday, where the DOJ came in and um, just said, hey, you can't play poker in the United States, it's illegal, so they, you know, reformed it, and then in February, Poker Stars Michigan opened, so you have to be within the state to play, so oh. that's, yeah, so it's like, what a... Um, so it's like me versus a bunch of guys in Michigan playing no limit cash games, which is different than what I play in Minnesota. But like so I'll play the games in Minnesota, then I'll come back home and there's always games on poker stars for me to play and it's a different game and it's just like a nice mindset change. Um, then I have the you know, the study chest with Jerry and if I feel like playing a tournament day, I can do a tournament day. Um, then there are other times too, like say I'm playing say I'm playing in in minnesota and like i'm two hours in and i'm just like you know where you're just like i'm just not feeling it today and um you can just pack it up and leave if you want to right you cannot make it a habit of that or it'll you know destroy the bottom line of what you're doing
0: that's right it will right it will destroy the bottom line and so you know you know joe do you have I mean what do you what do you feel in terms of you know not not an end goal but do you feel like hey listen I'm going to continue to do my rhythm right now or do you eventually want to become uh, one of the, the one of the big players in Vegas on TV constantly I mean what what is your goal do you have a goal in your story now or are you oh. just like hey you know what every day is a new day
1: Yeah so every, definitely every day is a new day and um, you just go to like the, the end goal is like not to be um, not to be any type of famous player. I'd, I'd much rather be like the uh, the unknown you know somewhat underground player that you know can, can make a good living at it and um which is I wouldn't want like when you see all this stuff like these these, uh, YouTube bloggers and stuff like how they get like bombarded by people at the Rio in the summer it's like oh my god no thank you (laughs) Um, (laughs) it doesn't even look fun at all but like but like yeah for looking at where to go from here so like I said I'm moving back to Minnesota to play and um it was kind of slow with COVID so I'm just excited to get back to play and you know get the bankroll back and you know get it back in really good shape and um I'm actually looking at buying a buying a camper for the world to go out to the World Series in Vegas in October, Ooh. and Camping which is it down. In, yeah, it's usually in June, but it got pushed back to October because of the whole situation. Right. Um. So yeah, thinking about doing that, and then I'm looking at there's like all kinds of good games in Texas, like that those pot limit Omaha games. That I told you I was like I was been studying over the last year. Mm-hmm. Like there's all types of games there. There's all types of games through all throughout Canada. So I think like, you know, after, I'm just going to spend about, you know, like 10,000 on a camper for now and just because uh, mm-hmm. I don't need that much to, just, you know, to be happy. Um, so just get that now and like go to Vegas and play just build up a nice role traveling around and then I'm looking at like I know like plans always change as you go but I'm thinking like wow how great would it be to buy like a nice fifth wheel uh camper and a, and a good tow vehicle and just like have it be your home you know where you have a ton of space and the freedom to go wherever you want and i got the skills to play online poker so i could be i could be in canada playing you know playing poker stars global which is different than poker stars michigan so i could go there and play tournaments i could go there and play omaha i could but then colorado looks good too there's lots of games there Um, they just changed the the betting laws in Colorado to where it's no limit. So out in Blackhawk, there's like big no limit cash games now. So I'm like, maybe that's where I want to go. But then you'd have to drive up the mountain every day. That's like an hour's drive to the casino. Um, yeah, So So really, um, so I know I have a a good idea of where I want to go, but nothing. I don't know who I'm going to meet or where I'm going to end up.
0: You know, you have such a great perspective. I like the way you, you spoke with that. First of all, you started off with saying there is not too much uh, to be happening to make you happy I mean really that that you that you just embrace every moment you can get you're just saying hey listen I'll buy a camper I'll go this I'll go maybe to go to Canada maybe Colorado man that is that, that's such a cool perspective and that's that to me is the, the reason why I was intrigued by your story is because mm-hmm. um, you're you're not you're not out there seeking to say I need to be on ESPN 2 by tonight and make this big <laughs> right. you know what I mean you're just saying hey I enjoy the game I'm good at it right and you have confidence and that, yeah. that you are good yeah. at it. Yeah. And and I still have a lot to learn about poker. I mean I, I know enough about some of the terminology. But I'll tell you right now, you need to write a book someday, Joe.
1: <laughs> I think I think so. Yeah. And one thing about the whole money thing too, where, you know, being in this in this business for so long where I've seen, you know, so many people come across where they you know they got a lot of money but they're they're just miserable. Like that's not that's not the key. You know, is just like how huh, what's your bank account? It's like that's not what's gonna you know, that's not gonna help your quality of life. Like you're gonna yeah it's just like there's you have to and I really had to learn this too like playing getting up playing every day where I get in these ruts playing where it's fine to do two three weeks where you just hey I'm just gonna play every day but then like you gotta like work on your personal life where um like I still enjoy playing guitar you know I go biking I have uh, you know I have uh several friends outside of poker and um which is, you know, it's just great. I'm um, learning the whole life balance thing and how do we go forward with this? Because you don't want to just be some guy that's like, you know, that's old playing poker that's never done anything. Right. like You know. And yeah. the reason why you do all these experiences... Oh, I catch you well? off.
0: No, you're, you keep going, um, Joe. This is your story.
1: Yeah. So the reason why, like, you 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 take these times to work hard to play poker is like, so on your downtime, you know, you can do whatever you want. Like, you have this freedom of this job, you know, to work when you want when you feel like it is like your own private contractor there's really like I felt this drive when I was like 14 when I picked up a guitar like I knew there was like no way I was gonna there's nothing wrong with a regular job but there's no way I was gonna do that like I'm like I'm either gonna be I was so determined to be a musician and then I found this so it's like wow and who knows? Like, I honestly, I feel like this too. Like, there's, there's going to become an era where I find something different than poker that I really enjoy. You know, and I don't know when that's going to happen or if it will, but it probably will. Um, but yeah, just enjoying the journey and, um, you know, just do, doing what makes you happy. And it doesn't it really, does, it doesn't take that much to make you happy. You know, it's um, like a couple, like last week, I literally spent the week um, in Minnesota in an extended stay. Uh, hotel playing cards and I'm just I was just thinking about that I'm like wow I'm uh, you know I just brought some you know some groceries and I'm playing every day and um I was yeah just happy and content and I uh, because I know what the like that's not the goal of the sit in that hotel but it's like I know like where it leads and what I and, like what I want in life
0: Right, you know, we talk, you just talked about the connection to the world and, and, and finding that great life uh, balance, right? Doing what you love to do, and I mm-hmm. think that's also important to anything. You know, it's not just mm-hmm. sitting behind a table or sitting in a hotel room mm-hmm. on a computer, you know, playing your poker. It's not about that. You just told us the importance of that. It's important to have those connections outside of the game, outside into the real world, right? Have hobbies, mm-hmm. uh, hang out with people that maybe are non poker mm-hmm. people. And that is, again, uh, so commendable in terms of of really uh, designing your platform, your story, to Why we're talking about you today?
1: So. Oh, it is. And just, and just the thought. it's just like being so resilient. Like just like tough to like and ready to start the day over again. Like here's quite a thing that just like this just popped in my mind about. So after I moved out of St. Paul, you know, this is 2015. The bankroll is getting a pretty good shape. I was like playing like one of the bigger games in Minnesota. Um, I was playing the 2040 game. By then, I was a regular in it. And so I move into this apartment, uh, literally across the street from the card room. And while I'm all excited to move in, everything's all set up, and the bankroll is in okay shape. But like, so I go in there to play. It was just a random weeknight, it was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and I just like run really bad and I lose every pot. And shout out to Freddie. Freddie, Freddy will hear this someday. Uh, Freddie, like if you're new in the game, he will like be all over you about these things. He'll like slow roll you in the game where you think you're gonna win, and he'll show you a slightly better hand and laugh at you. Oh. <laughs> and, and so Freddie takes all my money. And at the 2040 game, we're talking like, I don't know, like 2,500 bucks. And at the time, that was, you know, a decent chunk of my bankroll. And I walked to the card room, you know, because it was like 17 minutes walk. And I'm walking back at night after I lost all my money, and it's raining out. You know, and I'm really sad. And I was just like thinking about all the mean stuff Freddie said to me. Oh, Freddie. <laughs> and what a time that was. So and I'm like, wow. I'm like, what am I going to do tomorrow? And I'm like, I go to bed. I get up, and I start the game, and um I'm in there playing great, and, like, you know, I never look back. <laughs> um, Man. What a day to move in, huh? Yeah, right, <laughs> what a day to move
0: in. So, Joe, <laughs> as, yeah, right, oh, my goodness, what, what the beauties of life. You know, Joe, as we start wrapping up here, I, I, I want to ask you one question here, and I think that yeah, maybe this could be the, the the theme of what we're talking about. If you could... If you could offer advice, right, to a new person that's coming in that wants to follow poker, follow this game, what what would be your advice to them, right away?
1: Oh, bankroll management.
0: Bankroll management.
1: That'd be it. Yeah, bankroll management, and um, you know, uh, get your get yourself a a a, fr, a friend that's a good that's a therapist. to? nice. No, and uh, Well, part of it, too, is like making connections in the games, too, where there's a lot of people that just don't have good intentions, but like a, a lot of my best friends I've ever made have been at the poker tables, and I've been really fortunate for that, and, yeah, just like networking, and, um, and one thing, too, is i never had the gift of gab. Like, when I was a young kid, I remember going to a wedding when I was six years old. I was a kid that was, like, shy, under the table, scared. It's, it's, little kid and so I never was like this until you're forced in all these social situations at the tables for you know over a decade you know so it's right how you develop in this and um yeah just just networking bankroll management and believing yourself hey
0: the beauty well, Joe, I I think this was a great conversation, and I so much appreciate you being here today. And I cannot wait to hear more about your stories in the future. And I uh, thank you again for being on the podcast uh, with their stories today.
1: Hey, I had a great time. All right,
0: mm-hmm. love it. Great, re- yeah, really great reflecting on all
1: this stuff. And um, yeah, when going into this, I'm like, God, oh, what am I going to talk about? Then it just flows when you're because you know, 'cause we've been friends for a long time too, so it right. really makes it really makes it easy to talk all this stuff through.
0: That's right. And and we learn more about your story and hopefully somebody out there can take something, even if it's just a fraction of something, and put it in their life. And we appreciate that, Joe. All right, Joe, we are out of here, but thank you again and we'll talk to you next time.
1: All right, thank you. Bye. Yeah, th- thank you.